to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode 22 of the Play It By Ear podcast, vodcast. I don't know what medium you're listening or watching us on, but either way, welcome. I don't, still haven't really determined what we call ourselves here now. I think looking at it, we should call it the podcast. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, there's some manly men sitting here. I'll tell you what. Podcast. Podcast. Uh, You do see a different face sitting here if you were watching our Facebook Live here moments ago. Uh, we told you that uh, our voice, the voice of the Play It By Ear community, Matt Vaughn, is with us. Our first guest host. That's me. Right here. I'm Matt. Uh, so if you enjoy our intro and outro, he's the voice. And with if you don't, he's the voice. <laughs> exactly. Um, hopefully you enjoyed our first video podcast on youtube and you became a subscriber to our youtube page and you can of course get uh, notifications of when those come out every week Uh, of course you can also find us on the audio side of things on uh, all the usual locations spotify being our biggest apple podcast google podcast uh, among others iHeartRadio. Um, again, among others, most anywhere you can find a podcast, you can probably find us. So uh, enjoy us any way you like. Hopefully you enjoy us in some way. Let's just put it that way. All right. So uh, the way this is going to work, there are four of us. Now we're not going to subject you to another 20 minutes of whatever topic we pull out of our collective hind ends <laughs> on any particular day. But today Brady has uh, so graciously given up his 20 minutes to our guest and uh, he will go in the middle segment. Uh, we'll let him get his uh, bearings in this whole operation here because it is a high-class, professional-type right. op- operation. High-stress. High a lot of the line here, boys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although it's funny for us to talk about how we want to uh, not subject our listeners uh, as far as time because we, I believe we've gone over the two-hour Are we going over the two-hour mark? Right? No, we've not been we, over We were close. close. We were close. and uh, hour 45 on the Founders Day. Yeah. But we, we felt this was the best way to, to try it. We may change our minds and on the next guest decide to do four. This is a yeah. trial and error. So Or you may change our you minds. Ch- yeah. You're the ones that change our minds. We certainly want to hear from you in any medium possible. Facebook, email, Whatever. If you're saying more, we'll give you more. Exactly. Instagram. One of you was supposed to take over this Instagram thing because I can't deal with uh, Instagram. I I don't know about Instagram. I do the band's Instagram and I do nothing. I don't. I haven't. I haven't grabbed it by the horns and and to do it much with it. I think I'm just. I feel old. I feel too old to run Instagram. I'm. I'm I'm with you. And seems like people use that, but I don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't deal. Matt, do you use Instagram? Oh no, no. I've tried, but oh, good lordy, it just seemed really. What's a nice way to say stupid? <laughs> I, I think you just said it. Yeah. Uh, ignoramus, to quote uh, Cracker Barrel's little game at the table. <laughs> when you leave too many pegs. Yes. So with my uh, position with four of us here, I am, uh, I'll be referred to as the shadow man tonight because I have the uh, diagonal shadow across my face. This so mysterious. If you, if you guys could call me shadow man, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. 
Duly, duly noted. Shadowman. Shadowman. Well, oh, I'm sorry, it will be Shadowman, yes. Well, Shadowman, <laughs> you're going to start us out tonight, so uh, you right. can take topic number one. Okay, topic number one. Uh, I would like to misquote my wife. Uh, uh, and the reason I'm going to misquote her is because I can't remember verbatim the exact quote, but it was it's something along the lines of her for years. She's claimed that she felt ripped off uh, for her teenage years because we had to deal with grunge. To where, like, you know, her older brother and the, the music that she really is the most fond of, being 80s music, uh, those those teenagers in the 80s got to have the uh, the decade of, of fun, the, the, the big hair, the, the rock and roll that we did not get to experience as teenagers. So I thought it would be fun to do a topic, a music topic, and uh, we have a, Matt is not only a guest host, but he's also a musician, uh, many, many years Experience playing music, including about 14 with with myself and with Brady. Um, so I thought a music topic would be a good idea. So what I thought we could talk about would be just decades of music. And to narrow it down, uh, decades in our lifetime. So, you know, this would be 70s, 80s, 90s, 2010s, you know, 2000s, 2000s 2010s. 2010s. Um, and just kind of maybe go a little bit of a round table about what we feel is the best decade, why why something was not the best decade, and just kind of take it from there. So does that sound good? Sounds good. Great. Sounds good. Or, or maybe a pros and cons thing. A I pros mean, and cons. Yeah, that was that would work. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good way to yeah. put it. Yeah, and true to the organicness is that a word? You do. It is now of uh, of our podcast. Again, we create on the fly, so we had not talked about doing this. In a pros and cons style, but I, I like it. So let's let's run with that. Uh, uh-huh. Brady, if I can put you on the spot, since you are giving up your topic tonight, could you start us out and give us? You want to start out with your favorite decade of music? I will do that. Um, I am going to be called a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A heretic. I gotta say the eighties is Harry my favorite. Tick. A Harry Tick. Okay. I'm gonna say the eighties is my favorite decade. Um, it's the decade of my youth, you know, my coming of age years, and it's the music I enjoyed the most. Um, it's what I grew up on. Now, um, I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here. I know that that's not what the music critics like to say. Um, Rolling Stone magazine gets to write the history of rock and roll for some reason. Yeah. And you know they'll say the sixties or the seventies. Now I enjoy. 70s music but the 80s brings it home for me um the excess of new wave and one hit wonders and hair metal and uh back when just rock and roll was in the top 10 like somebody like brian adams or don henley could be in the top 10 it didn't have to be all all r&b based or rap based or metal based it was a diverse top 40 a very diverse top 40 in the 80s and um you don't see that in the other decades because once the 80s became the 90s um, R&B and pop music in its most um, synthetic is that the best way to put it mm-hmm. uh, starts rolling the you know rolling the top 10 um, so yeah 80s is my favorite and I still will stand by that 1983 was one of the greatest music years of all time well, uh, what would you say if you had to pick, you just mentioned the diversity of mm-hmm. the '80s. So I'm going to put you even a little, you know, more on the spot and say, what would you think would be your the highlight of the '80s for you? Out of that diversity, if you had to just pick that, one, that's a difficult question because you know, 
I like the noodle and guitar song. So the hair metal and Van Halen, you know, is very instrumental in my what I play. Mm-hmm. But man, uh, the music that just sent me was, like I said, you know, like Duran Duran, Huey Lewis, the News. Um, big Duran Duran fan like I said I've said in previous episodes I'll fight anybody that calls them a boy band well, I think you picked uh, John yeah as your bassist in your super group yes wasn't he yeah. your bass pick yeah absolutely so, he was I think he might have been mine as well yeah and um so my highlight it's hard to pick a highlight but that, that year of 1983 when there was a lot of uh, like you said one hit wonders and established bands you had everything from Come On Eileen and Take On Me to um, you know, you had some Springsteen, you had some uh, Prince. It, it, it was a little bit all over the place. So you had your established and your unestablished and your new, and um, you know, recording techniques were becoming different. You had synthesizers readily available, yeah. and yeah, so it, it was all over the place. So that's why I kind of like the eighties. It was a, it was definitely a um, experimental decade. Mm-hmm. The people like to frown upon. I think it depends on the, the people. It, it does, um, absolutely. You know, I think from a musician standpoint, uh, guitar-wise, and in, in many cases, vocals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we had this talk when we had our super group talk. You, 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 there's some, you know, you got your Sebastian Bach, you people like that who, who whose voice I would put up against anyone's in any decade of music. Right. And then again, of course, you know, Eddie Van Halen, you know, all of your guitar gods. How do you want to knock those guys, you know? And I have to mention, sorry, this is like one of the major part of the 80s. You had the video aspect. Mm. The, the visual aspect of the 80s is when music became visual, which some will say was a detriment because they said, you know, Mick Jagger never would have, the Rolling Stones would have never broke in the 80s because they're not excessively attractive people at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> so um, Ron Wood doesn't look a day, or not, Keith Richards doesn't look a day over 97. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You know, Methuselah uh, commented on Keith Richards' guitar playing in the Old Testament, I think. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's also the visual aspect, the excitement. You know. There was a review in Exodus, wasn't there? <laughs> no, there was. All right, uh, Eric, you want to chime in? Matt, anybody want to go next? Um, well, I'll, I'll defer here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brady, uh, I'm glad you picked the 80s. Uh, that's actually uh, was good, like my second favorite. You know, I really did. Uh, love a lot about uh, the music from that decade and when I was really young some of my favorite bands were uh, Striper, Metallica, um, Megadeth, um, Weird Al. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Weird Al a band. Uh, oh, yes. Actually, well, he's not, but he has a band. He has a band, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I remember one of his band members, their name is Bermuda Schwartz. Really? Yes, that is, that is correct. Well, and I'm not sure, Matt, I've seen... Weird Al twice, um, including I had to take my kids a couple years back, and, and I will say he puts on a great concert. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great show. Costume changes, you know, mm-hmm. the band is just phenomenal. Yeah, I know he gets the credit, but his his entire band is, is fantastic. Yeah, I was supposed to see Weird Al. Um, when I was 16, and I was singing in the All Ohio State Fair Youth Choir, and uh, but we didn't get to make it to the show, so oh. we went to the show the next day, and I, I saw David Lee Roth. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was very similar. It was, very you know, similar, yeah. Yeah, you know, almost exactly like. <laughs> Interesting, you picked Striper in that. Um, oh yeah, I had like four other albums. Yeah, great band. Oh, yeah. they actually kind of put it. They just released a new album, and the lead singer Michael Sweet says it's his favorite. He thinks it's the best album they ever done. 
uh, I know Eric, you probably know this as well. Um, some of our vast knowledge of music trivia. Michael Sweet, obviously lead singer and guitar player uh, of Striper, also for a brief time uh, filled in and sang for Boston. Boston. Um, mm-hmm. After Brad Delp. I believe it was right after. Right after he first. passed yeah, away. Yeah. After, yeah. Well, actually, he sang, I think it was. He might have been singing with them when they got the guy from Home Depot as yeah, this, really. as you know, because they've yeah. had two. It takes two singers to replace Brad Bell, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, which is pretty impressive. But yeah, so Michael Sweet uh, sang with, with Boston for a little while. So go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, like I said, Brady. Eighties was my second favorite. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the nineties for my favorite because I'm just so many of my favorite uh, bands and acts when I when I was uh, you know in high school. We just came from that uh, decade. I mean, you know, my favorites are definitely like uh, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, um, and now all of a sudden a couple of them are falling out of my head. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana. I mean, just that whole era right there. Did it, you say it sound reminds me of my youth. I will say this. People man. see that on video now, don't they? When I cringe, yeah, they do, yeah. when I hear that Nirvana and I cringe. They will say yeah, this, yeah. and and I've I've mentioned this before. I'm not a big Nirvana fan. I, I appreciate what they did for music. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think you can you know you can argue that a band. I don't have to I don't have to be into a band or or, or even really see their talent to appreciate what they do for the actual history of, of music. And they they definitely uh, uh, what do you want to call it? They brought in. A, 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 an entire genre but they weren't one of my favorites other bands you mentioned Pearl Jam STP loved them but I will say this about the 90s I was a naysayer of the 90s music during the 90s but I think it's aged much better than I ever dreamed it would mm-hmm. uh, I see some of these tours getting together and, and, and I'm like uh, and especially as, as it Everclear uh, you know bands like Third Eye Blind as, as it went to kind of more of that great music and, and so I think I think the 90s got off to a slow start for me personally, mm-hmm. but I think that it picked it picked up, and I would actually argue with the diversity with what Brady was saying about the '80s, um, because when you look at Nirvana to a band like Sugar Ray or Third Eye Blind, not in the same wheelhouse at all, but yet in that same decade span, and then plus you still had some of that that fun rap still in oh, the yeah. '90s that was happening. Now, see, that was probably one of my least favorite parts of the '90s is the songs that give you orders. Like the get up, get up, get busy. Get, and, uh, I will not get up, nor will I get busy. Yeah, I will not get my body on the dance floor. And then there's that whole line dancing thing. There's a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want songs giving me orders. Yeah. Matt, was some of that also, uh, that would have been around the time you would have been starting to play guitar. Um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Probably something there. Same with me. I, I learned how to, to this day, can't play a lot of the 80s stuff as far as I mean, much of the. Noodling, as Brady put it, but um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was picking up, you know, I went a little more towards the pop punk route, the Green Day, the Blink One Eighty Two, but yeah, I, when I first started playing guitar, everybody was playing Nirvana. I mean, right? Was, no, one of my top three favorite bands of all time came from the nineties. Um, I'm a huge Oasis fan, and yeah, um, I, I I was waiting. I, I was wondering how long it would take. Let's see your cringe, Eric. You gave it for Nirvana. You gotta I mean. Give it. To me, Oasis saved the 90s because, like, it went from the detuned, you know, grungy sound and they brought some of that classic rock and roll with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of optimism and fun. Now I know they they have odious personalities, and oh. but, yeah, but they, they kind of saved the 90s for me. Odious. Good word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I... I 
You know I'm not a huge Oasis yeah. fan. Um, they were a little too noise pop for me. Uh, you, you listen to... I, I, I never was a fan of, of... A lot of their songs, like their guitar tone seemed just... Very noisy. Very noisy, very... Uh, and then I, I'm a, I like to pick out dumb lyrics in songs. Oh, uh, and and one of my favorite, obviously Van Halen and Sammy Hagar has some of the dumbest lyrics ever. Ever, you know, uh, <laughs> only time will tell if we stand the test of time. That's just dumb. Uh, but Oasis. But it is correct. Slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball. Cannonballs are fast. So slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball makes no sense to me. Brady has an explanation. Yeah, because he was stoned out of his mind. Even though he was moving slowly, he was moving fast. So he was slowly walking down the hall, but it felt like he was going faster than a cannonball because of the nose candy that he had ingested. Gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, when you when you know the meaning. Yeah. But that line always. I I, I've often wondered about that. When I finally heard about it, you mm-hmm. know, it made sense. Context so. is everything. Yeah, yeah. But in, you know, this would probably be a, a little more filling uh, conversation if we had some bands. Because I'm forgetting who was who when, you know, I mentioned Third Eye Blind. That that would have been mid to late. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. That's what I mean. Like Boy Named Goo was one of my favorites. Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, Collective Soul. I, I, I still say Collective Soul is one of the best live rock bands I've ever seen. Jane's Addiction. Uh, wasn't a big fan of James Addiction. Yeah, the, the, I was hit or miss. Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though they formed in the 80s, they really hit their stride in the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I, I do think that, you know how we talk about presidents, history will be kind to a certain president, or history will judge a president differently than mm-hmm. than when they were you know, in office. I think the 90s could definitely, uh, I will say it's aged well. You know, still not a Nirvana fan, but... Thanks to Nirvana, we have the Food, Food Fighters, Fighters, which I think is one of the greatest rock bands ever as well. And so I'm going to give a segue to Eric because I think he could comment on this. One of the reasons we reacted so poorly to the 90s when it happened, we came from the fun, optimistic yeah. 80s, and then all of a sudden the 90s became very pessimistic. Dark. And, yeah, and that's what Say yeah. is talking about in her, you know, hey, they got to have this, you know, this fun, this carefree, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, I mean, carefree... Uh, I guess at least it was optimistic yeah, yeah it was all about the possibilities you know the shining city on the hill you know yeah. and, and you know when you when you have this conversation of course I've been sitting here listening to all of you and I I think you I mean there are a lot of valid points there and I, I will I did cringe with their Nirvana reference <laughs> which I will always cringe at a Nirvana <laughs> reference but I, I will say this about them and this is probably the first good thing I've ever said about them so you're going to witness my history here. <laughs> they did they did put an edge on the music that came after them. Mm-hmm. And, it, and maybe at times, and I, I will kind of reference what Celia said and what Brady just said, maybe at times the 80s were a little too fun. There wasn't any depth to it, per se. Um, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. So I, I, I will give a nod to her... Nirvana, that they did put the edge on the music. The music that came after them, I the, and you reference the Goo Goo Dolls and things like that, I did like that. But I probably liked it better because Nirvana's influence put the edge on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I would be remiss, and you mentioned Striper, and I'm going to kind of nudge my wife here because <laughs> we were having a conversation with some of our friends, and she saw a... Uh, a Tesla 
album cover and she said oh that's that's that religious band i said no you're you mean striper oh so every time tesla comes on it's that religious band well not not quite great band by the way tesla well and and tesla's one of those bands that when you look at grunge i mean you could see the seeds of it there. You could, but you could also see how like bands like Tesla and some of the bands that didn't start extreme, that didn't start getting that grunge, definitely killed their yeah. momentum. Um, you know, it, it, there's a there's a story there. I, I don't know it exactly, but I think it was, it was an Axl Rose or some somebody one or maybe it was Warren. Maybe it was some band is known for like I guess they had flew some flew in or something and saw. There's a story about them seeing Nirvana advertise or something like that. Like we're done. Like they they knew that they knew that. I don't know that story. Oh, it's yeah. it's somebody the one that comes to my mind is when a winger was on tour and they were on the bus and they were watching a videotape of uh, Beavis and Butthead when the nerd Stewart was wearing a winger T-shirt and they said we're done. Yeah, that, that killed. I mean, they still think that Beavis and Butthead killed their career. Yeah. Well, and I know I, I had read from a, a magazine one time about Ax, Axel specifically about how his how his struggles with Kurt Cobain and with that coming up, and he kind of knew, you know, that yeah. he was fighting a losing battle at that point. Um, so that, and that's, I think that's another thing that's impressive about that that early '90s music is how not only did they usher in a new genre, but they pretty much Killed <laughs> put an decade. end to it. You know, that's, they did. And, and, and historically, that's pretty impressive. You know, whether we like it or not, it's pretty impressive. It's powerful. Well, and I'm, I'm going to give you my thumbnail sketch i don't know if we've ever had this conversation or not but again me being a history guy you look back on the history of whatever you're looking at and in this case music but i've often said maybe to myself i know i've said it to somebody but a a decade's music doesn't take hold until three years in and if you look at any decade i mean even start the 70s and we're looking at our lifetime a lot of the stuff prior to, let's say, 73 sounded a lot like the stuff in the 60s. It was summer. I love Woodstock yeah, stuff. right. You look at the 80s. You talk about 83. I think that's when the hard reset took place. Yeah. And some of that stuff going on in the 90s, which really changed after Nirvana, like you said, was kind of all thrown into that one year in 83. You had, you had the new wave stuff. You still had stuff that was hard rock from the 70s. You... All, all of it was there. Nirvana was 92, 93, and that hard reset happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I think historically speaking, you can kind of look at it like that, and I, it really doesn't add to the conversation of my preference. But Well, I think it's a, it's a good point. And, and something else, too, is we're all fans of live music. And you, you watch Eric, I'll bring up Sticks in particular, because I know you're the, the world's biggest Sticks fan. Uh, how many times have you seen Sticks? Do you know yet? I, I don't even know. Yeah. But you go see Sticks. And it's it's a I want to show my age here, but it's a CD quality concert every time. You don't yeah. you don't go hear Sticks mess up, no. Uh, you know, and and you don't even go hear them have a bad night. You don't you don't say, well, boy, they were off tonight. It's it's always pristine. Uh, I, I bring Ario Speedwagon into it because most of the time I've seen Sticks, Ario Speedwagon's been with them. Again, right. pristine live concert. And and when the '90s first happened, I, it's almost like some of those bands got big before their talent really uh, uh, caught up. Caught up. You know what I mean? And, and there's no doubt, Matt, you're, a, you're a, a, a guitar player, bass player, piano player. You know, Playing a Nirvana song is not as technically difficult as playing. Yeah, but those bands, you watch like Pearl Jam and things like that. It, when you watch them 10 years later, 15 years later, and you see how 
they've honed their musicianship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned Collective Soul. You know, even if you don't like Collective Soul, if you were to go see them live, they are now at that same level that a Styx is, where every mm-hmm. night, night in, night out, uh, other than the house maybe having bad sound or something, but right. the the band itself, and, and, and I think it's also at our age, that's where we, we were first seeing bands live. It was, you know, right. it might have been a... a, a a wild and crazy rock show or whatever you were wanting but it, it didn't have that pristine that the late 70s and early 80s bands were starting to get And but think about how many years it took them to do that I guarantee if you saw Sticks in 1981 you probably had a good chance of seeing them have an off night or have, yeah, have right. a night where it wasn't as pristine so that plays into it as well I think and then, like a lot of the 70s bands take Zeppelin um, take jeez uh, the Rolling Stones well the Rolling Stones 60s and 70s but um Sometimes you weren't sure what you were going to get because of the substance use. Even the Eagles. Think about how amazing the Eagles are. And there were some times that Joe Walsh was really wrecked. Mm-hmm. He had a difficult time performing. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in country. I mean, my uncle saw George Jones start <laughs> the concert. The drums started. George Jones walked out and passed out, and they canceled the show. Yeah. It was over. Well, it's funny you say that because... <clears throat> I've heard people before, before, like you know, talking about rock and roll, mm-hmm. and you know the whole drugs and alcohol and and, and all that, and how they they act like it's just it's a rock and roll thing. No, no, no. It, no. it was a it was an old country thing as much as it was you know right. as anything. I mean, and, Hank and, Williams was not a choir exactly. boy, and George Jones no. was known for being too drunk to perform and, and things like right. that. You know, he was the Axl Rose before before Axl Rose, as far as I mean, you know, Axl yeah. Rose was notoriously two hours late to concerts and things oh, like yeah. that. So, I think, Eric, I know which decade you're going to pick, but pick your decade. Well, I mean, you might be surprised. I I would go with the 80s, although the 80s and the 70s are pretty close. And I I would go with the 80s for what Brady said. Yeah. Because I do have that affinity for the upbeat, new wave-ish sort of music, and I, I would concur with him. I mean, 1983, as far as breadth, of music, the different styles that were all very listenable, mm-hmm. all that year. I mean, we jammed out to uh, Aretha Franklin. You know, Aretha like, Franklin. Uh, Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Let me <laughs> rock you. Let me rock you, Aretha Franklin. Let me rap and do. But um, <laughs> oh well, geez, what was the Aretha Franklin song that I? Freeway of Love. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> it was after '83, but yeah, uh, but but that but Aretha Franklin and Van Halen existed in the same top ten on MTV. Yeah, exactly. I, I I thought you would go '70s. I see what you're saying about mm-hmm. the '70s. Yeah. I, I thought you would go '70s, but um, I, I would say if we're picking a second favorite, I, '70s would be my favorites. But it took me a, a while to uh, appreciate the '70s. After I mean, after we brainwashed you. Well, uh, well, but I was going to say, you know, Eric, you single-handedly had probably more to do with my. Uh, taste in music than anybody than anyone else um, and, and you know that's why at 15 16 years old I was going to see Steve Miller band and things like that when you know when bands like Nirvana and and, and those bands right. would have just been starting but uh, when I say appreciate I always liked the 70s you know once I started hearing it but the musicianship you know and, and as a as a as a guitar player the 80s is what blows me away. Um, but as a bass player, the 70s blows me away. The 80s were not known for great bassists. 
Um, no. Again, we talked about you know, John, T- you know, Duran Duran, but Billy Sheehan, but yeah, Billy Sheehan again. Maybe, but the seventies, yeah. man, and, and and not an, an underrated bassist. You know, I bring up Skinner a lot, but you know, the, the other night Devin's dad. Uh, we were at a get together at Devin's, and um, his dad asked me, he's like, on the spot, he's like, top five best bands ever, favorite bands ever. And I couldn't get past three. Um, yes. it, right off the bat, Skinner, Zeppelin, and Boston. Those were, and, and those were always in my top five list. But after that, I can't really pick. But then you take those bands. Nobody ever says, hey, I like Boston because of their bass player. Right. But when you listen to the bass work in Boston, it is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and you listen to the bass work in Skinner. Leon Wilkinson was was an amazing bass player that gets no credit whatsoever, mainly because it's bass, but also because you, people aren't listening for it. They don't know what to listen for, and or their ear isn't trained what to listen for. But the '70s had just the best bass players. Well, in the, in the business. A, a lot of that music in the '70s was more bass centered. It, it, it did. It danced around the bass more, and then I think also a lot more, a lot more. Okay, in the '80s, and, and this is just my opinion. So, it, listeners, you can crush me if you like here but in the 80s it was all about the guitar so the bass players were asked to step back lay right. down a beat lay down right. a rhythm and 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 let just ride it out yeah in the 70s the bass work was done a lot more like guitar like just a rhythm guitar right. an additional guitar and and i go back to skinnard here because the third guitarist that ed king became the third guitarist for skinnard in the first skinnard album which a lot of the big hits Freebird, Tuesday's Gone, Simple Man. Ed King actually played bass, right? And he admittedly he played like a guitar player. I mean, yeah. so that's the biggest difference I think. Where in the '80s it was, hey, just hammer on the notes and the chords and and, and let the guitar player shine. Where the '70s it was like, hey, you know, look at Sabbath. I mean, look how important the bass work is to, to that band yeah. as far as the rhythm section compared to again a. Uh, white snake, a, a, a white snake, or a, a, a poison, or something, somebody like that. Right, Matt, you you play bass. I mean, do you do you notice a difference in decades between the bass work? And- oh, absolutely. And uh, yes, uh, you are correct. I did pretend to play bass there for a <laughs> oh, while. You're a you're a hell of a bass player, man. But uh, and if you'll excuse me, I might have to clear my throat a little bit. I brought an extra large bucket of COVID with me today. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> um, there we go. Pardon me. Um, is there any decade that... What would be your least favorite? I could tell you personally, I rebelled against the 70s. I didn't like start liking 70s music till I was an adult. Yeah. Um, in fact, probably still, and once again, this is not disparaging the artist, but I could tell you my least favorite genre of rock is the whole um, Carly Simon, Carol King. Um, the singer-songwriter person. Yeah, I, I, I'm not... James uh, Taylor. T- uh, and, and I like James Taylor, but it, it's just like so... I couldn't I couldn't f- stay awake during a James Taylor concert, i got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then of course, it got to be fun to make fun of 70s music. And now I look like yacht, the whole Yacht Rock thing. The yeah. overproduced 70s. I All mean, right. how many times did we make fun of... Brandy... You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But you know, some of that music is as, and I'm like you. I never had much of a place for it. And, and but, but then if I go see bands, and they whip some of that stuff out, it's it's a blast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's see, a, I love that stuff. Yeah, and I don't even want to call it ironically funny because that makes it sound like I'm being too cool and sneery. But like I, I really oh disco. I mean, I had a when I was a youth. Disco was 
that stuff. Oh my God, Bell Bottom. You know, you know, it's just like oh, John Travolta white suit. You know, I think Disco kind of caused us to be dressed like we were dressed. That that was the problem with that. <laughs> but you you talk about again the versatility or the the the, the uh, hodgepodge of of the variety in the eighties. But seventies had it too. When you think about it, it. You, you mentioned how the early seventies was still kind of the the the, the hippie sixties yeah. extended, and then it went into the just the just the ballsy rock you're your Led Zeppelin and then you you had the you had the uh, disco mm-hmm. um, I'm not a big disco fan but I am a, I'm a huge Bee Gees fan believe it or not um, I, I, I like think, the falsetto well I just think the Bee Gees are one of the most talented probably one of the most talented groups ever I mean my brother-in-law to- Greg Inboden watching out there he told me a factoid that the Bee Gees were the first band to have a top 10 hit in um, in four decades so they had a hit in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Well, and plus, wasn't it the Bee Gees who are kind of known on record, it, which goes to show you, it just all comes back around. Yeah. We talked about the 80s hair metal guys knowing that they were, you know, it was over for them once right. Nirvana was, was, you know, and, and other grunge bands. I believe, wasn't it the Bee Gees who kind of knew that the Beatles were kind of the end of their, right. you know, mm-hmm. the end of their run or the, the end of their dominance you know, it seems like I remember reading something about that. How that yeah, happened. and then the BGs, of course, went from like that basic rock, pop rock to the whole disco sheen. And yeah. then, yeah. Sticks had a top 10 hit under four presidents. Really? Yeah. Of course, if you go back to decades before we were born, I, I 50s would have been my, I would have loved to have been around the 50s mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being a, a huge Buddy Holly fan. Uh, you know, I like to I like to lecture people and let them know that if it weren't for Buddy, they wouldn't have a lot of their favorite bands right. to this day. Um, but obviously, this is just our own right. lifespan. So, Matt, what would yeah. be your least favorite if you had to pick a? I was going to say 1860s because that's the decade that brought you down to the Battle Hymn of the Republic. You mean 1860s or 1960s? Uh, 1860s. Okay. Sewanee <laughs> River. I didn't think you no, we were so, alive in the 60s. No uh, Stephen Foster in your life. Huh? Yeah. Stephen. So if I had to pick something from where, where I'm alive, uh, I would say really the, the anything after 2010. Now, there, there's some really good stuff that's yeah. come out recently. I just really don't. The, the modern dance music uh, just it just grates on my ears. Yeah. I um, and. Yeah, just I don't know. It just makes me I, I cringe like like Eric, you know. <laughs> cringe so. like Eric. Cringe like you Eric. You got the cringe like Eric. See, now that's going to be a dance song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be the cringe. We should create a da- yeah dance song. You know, but I, if we probably should have opened with this disclaimer. Every decade is going to have its its brilliance, some oh, great yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, you know, I remember between 2000 and 2010, it's like oh, this music just sucks. But you looking back, it was okay. And then even now. The, the thing I would think has changed now, though, is a lot of the people that I end up really liking are bands that are not commercially successful or very very big in general. You know, I, I talk a lot about Brian Fowle and the Gaslight Anthem, you know, bands like that that never make it as far as being just big-time bands. But to me, they're saving rock and roll. Um, it, they're out there. You just got to dig them up. Right. And, Todd, that, that was good. my most underrated, I think, like, Besides the eighties and the classic rock, the, the, my favorite time period is about two thousand and three to two thousand and ten, because a bunch of bands like The Shins, Rooney, The Thrills, 
Um, you like it, any band with the in front of the, it? The, the, well, and, and actually, they exactly. call it the the the, the trend. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Do you like the 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 those? Isn't it the the or is it the 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 the? But and if you listen to it, I mean, they'll they'll they wear their Tom Petty love on their sleeve in in multiple different you know kinds of things so like i I really enjoyed that but 2010 is when the jig was kind of up i agree matt and it's not the get off my lawn i I just haven't found a lot of new music that moves me or sends me of late yeah yeah well and then just like we're annoying to some people listening right now as far as who maybe disagree with us right it, it's such a fine line. You take a band. I'm gonna end my part of this with the Nickelback argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 Nick, hating Nickelback is the the least amount of thought anyone ever put into music to form an opinion about it. There's nothing to hate about Nickelback. It's only cool to hate Nickelback because that whole wave of it, it's memes it, 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 and memes and things like that. But when you look at the band just as a band, it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, they you know, their first hit, you, Matt. Uh, uh, Visceral used to do their uh, 1998, 1999. The uh, this is how uh, you remind me. Don't give my age away. No, but what was the song? <laughs> oh gosh, <sighs> whatever it was. Yeah. So we're talking 21 years ago. Leader of Men. Leader of Man. Yeah, it was Leader of Man. That's and, right. And nobody made fun of them their first five no. six years out. They were a huge band, but great band, great songs. If they were anyone else, they wouldn't get made fun of. But I, I just don't like it when somebody... And nobody can ever tell you why they hate Nickelback. You know, I just hate Nickelback because it's cool to hate Nickelback. What do you hate about them? Is it their musicianship? No, they're good musicians. Is it they don't write hit songs? No, they've written a lot of hit songs. Is it staying power? Because how many bands stay around for 20 plus years? You know, especially in the 2000s. So, damn it. They say his hair annoys them. I've actually heard somebody say that. Yeah. Well, his hair is pretty annoying, but... No, but it, seriously, there's, there's there's the whole Raymond noodle oh, where it yeah. looks like somebody's eating Raymond noodles <laughs> and it's his hair. So anyway, that I just wanted to end it with my rant of Nickelback. Uh, yeah. We have it our twenty minutes, but well, but past it. But. If I may, this I'll end it with this. Nickelback today is what Def Leppard's hysteria was, where people got sick of them because there were so many hits on that album and too much overexposure. Nickelback with that, I forget what the name of the album that has photograph and all that on it. They had six or seven top ten hits on that, and it just kind of people got sick of their yeah. success. Yeah, I think you have a point there, Brady. But you know, like we said before, though, you know, look at Sticks. How long has Sticks been around? Like forty years? Fifty. Fifty years. Wow. And, and again, you go see them, and you don't think, damn, these are a bunch of old guys up there. St-. You know, some people are jerks about it, like ah, you know, one of these guys need to hang it up. Why? They're yeah. they're better than any you know as far as their life output is still great um, I go to an 80s hair metal festival every year and and you know those bands are still great oh. I hear all the time about well it's not the real band people die unfortunately hey. people move on so it, but it's the real music and my argument to that is so okay if I'm in a band and I'm in a hit band and, and successful and, and somebody passes away so does that mean I'm done my career has to end yeah. I can't do you know I can't yeah. do anything else I can't continue that uh, music well, the thing about Sticks is you now have two factions of that band True. making outstanding music yeah. right yeah. yeah and they're still being relevant I mean Richard Butler of the Psychedelic Furs I've seen them three or four times he has one of the most energetic frenetic performances you will ever see a front man have and he, he's in his 60s yeah well, and, you, and, and you look at it you know you go see a Warrant yeah. Well, he's not Janie Lane. No, he's not Janie Lane. 
but he's still a damn good singer, and he still he, he does the songs justice. You know, he's not there butchering him. Although I have seen a warrant singer butch it. I'm not going to get into that. I have, <laughs> but take and then take a journey. Oh yeah. And, you know, he's no Steve Perry. No, he's actually probably a better singer than Steve Perry. <laughs> if you want Steve to Perry says down. that. And Steve Perry says that. Yeah. But Steve Perry was the first, or you know, the first one that anyone knew, and so people are always judged by that. So right. Rant over. Seventies, eighties, nineties. I think we covered a, a, a wide. We did well. Yeah. I, I love how when you said uh, that about, but it's the real music. You pointed at a can. You should <laughs> <that close. laughs> point this out. And, yeah. and Matt also, we, we like to pat ourselves on the back when we're done. We did good, guys. We did really yes. good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. So what I have here, folks, is a uh, single can of armor. Is it armor? Armoire? Armor. It, it depends on how pretentious you feel when you're eating it. Well, I'm drinking Fiji water, so... <laughs> well, then, then it's armoire. Well, if you really like it like Brady, you would call it amore. <laughs> no, it's true. Yes. So that's I, only uh, when it's cooked, though. I have a can of Armor Vienna sausages, or Salchicha de Viana. For our Spanish listeners. Yes, and uh, it says right here they are America's favorite. So if you're American, uh, this is your favorite. If you don't like it, get out. <laughs> So, this is here. If, if you if you wondered why this is here, um, I would like to see Vienna's favorite Vienna sausages. Would, would those say. be the true gold standard? If, if Vienna, Vienna just sausages. says we don't eat this shit across the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, Americans <laughs> love it. We don't eat it. The reason it's here is because we thought it would kind of be fun for us, and and hopefully you guys now that you can see us to maybe decorate our table with some throwbacks to previous episodes. And if you remember the Vienna sausage episode. Um, episode 14 episode 14 uh, but yeah I didn't realize I was pointing to that when I was well, that's rock and roll man well let, let, let's segue here if you want to make some suggestions on the decoration of our table here with our artifacts chime in we, we, we need some we need some character in the room here so and, and I can tell you these guys character. they need help just <laughs> thinking period but what we might do and, and uh, we, we've we've I think we've passed on doing it tonight, um, but we we also may very well in future episodes do some taste testing of some of our. Um, <laughs> there better be a hot plate involved. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> Brady, I'm gonna be honest with you. All you need to cook these is a hair dryer. <laughs> yeah, we're not much to that. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Yeah. With that, I haven't done that in a while. With that. You, you haven't grossed me out in a while where I've had to do a segue. Uh, we will defer to our guest host. He has our second topic of the evening. So, uh, Matt? Yes, I have it stored safely in my lockbox of the memory. All right, can you, so, uh, can you open the lockbox now? Do you, uh, do you know where the key is? Yeah, no problem, Jeff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Subtle. <laughs> so subtle but piercing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the topic I brought tonight was what is one of the most inappropriate things that was taught to you by like your parents or your aunts and uncles and just uh, and guardians in, in your life. Um, you know what what was the you know the, just the worst thing they taught you. Um, and I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start with Eric. Oh, you want to start with me? Well, first off, yeah. can I chime in? I, I'm pretentious. Aunts. Uh, aunts. Uh, it's, yeah, I was going to say. Wait. You're in Brown County. It's aunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Oh, so you're, you're putting me right on the spot there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was hoping to let the conversation marinate first before I chimed in, but uh, let me see. I'm, I, I was honestly, I can't get my lockbox open, so uh, inappropriate things. Uh, again, I, I, I put myself forward usually as someone who tries to gauge the uh, appropriateness of any situation before I act, so I, I don't know that... Uh, I've purposely done anything inappropriate, or, or maybe I have. Brady's smiling over here. He probably has something in his mind that I probably should be saying at this point. But well, I, 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 I do have a story. I do have a story, and I, I don't know, and I'm going to tell on myself here. But that's what we do here, so I'll just yeah. go ahead and do it. Um, I do remember an instance where, and I, and I don't want to say anyone taught me this. But I, I just kind of did it, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but someone thought there was something wrong with it. I, I was at a function, and this was as a 13-year-old, so just just a teenager, when, when you really had look around and wondering what people are thinking of you and you're taking that into account. And, and this function had food served, and, and part of the meal was a, a soup. So I got down to that area of the soup where you could no longer spoon it out. Was it a cereal or a soup? It, no, it was a soup because I don't do cereal. <laughs> Water or otherwise or with a fork or with a slotted spoon or whatever method you use to eat your cereal. I don't do any of it. This is an actual soup. So I got down again to that area of the bowl where you could no longer spoon it out or it was too much work to spoon it. And I tipped up the bowl and I didn't. <laughs> and then the person that was just shrieked in horror almost like, you, you. My God. Like, <laughs> Lily. How, how, how dare you? He's drinking from the bowl. <laughs> so I, maybe I learned that in, in, in my living at home i don't know but again i didn't think anything of it but the people or the person there who uh, expressed some great discontent with my actions there thought lowly of it so and i would venture to say that's a pretty common i mean i do that to this day i drink my you know whatever's left in the bowl and at some point the spoon becomes useless yeah or or less useful. I probably could have stood there another five minutes and. Well, the, and you're just getting the each each pass. You're only getting a, a, a little tiny bit. <laughs> a couple of drops of liquid. Yeah. Well, it, it's like buffalo wings that are have the bones in them. It's too much work for for the return. You, you know, know what it's... you need at that point. You need some a sponge, a la bread, and just <laughs> sop it go. up. There you sop go. it up and sop. Uh, and, and, and thinking back, I don't think the meal served the bread needed. And I guess crackers can also serve that purpose as well. That was the first problem. If they're crumbled up. Well, and, and let's quick, quick segue to a personal gripe that I have. We've talked to this many a times is what's the deal as I go to Seinfeld here. What's the deal? What's the deal with one pack of crackers with a bowl of soup? Oh, and, here and, we go. And here, here I brought go. up the soup. If, if I go to a restaurant and I get a cup of a cup of soup or a bowl of soup, I still get one cracker sleeve. One or one one pack of crackers. Skin. One skin. <laughs> one skin of crackers. crackers. What is the deal with that? So my cousin, uh, John, you know, we we try to do last names here. My cousin John, um, he has the answer to that. And and I used to make fun of him for other reasons beyond this, but just 
because whenever we went to a restaurant, you make a you make fun of him for a lot exactly. of reasons. Well, just he makes fun of me as well. Uh, um, we've talked this before. When I order at a restaurant, I, I'm, I'm kicking the habit. But for years, whenever I talk, I, I I'm pretty shy, believe it or not, especially when I first meet people. And so whenever I order, I rub my arms, and I got that from my dad. Speaking of people that teach us things, I mean that's not inappropriate, but. Um, my dad kind of does the same thing. I can't wait to hear about when, this. When he's talking. So we rub our arms, and, and it makes me feel better, I guess, when I talk to a stranger, like a waiter, waiter or waitress. So for years, eating with... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. So for years, whenever I would eat with my cousin John, he, I would look over, and I would be ordering, you know, like, hey, I'll take a grilled cheese, and, I look, and he's doing this, the whole, like, looking at me and rubbing his arms. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to nitpick at him and see what he says. So what he does when he orders is when he orders something, he always says your. So like if he's at Frisch's, he'll say, I'll take a bowl of your chili. <laughs> they're not they're not very good listeners. They're typical teachers, by the way, yeah. terrible listeners. I'm uh, listening. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm hearing you. So I'm hearing you. I'll take a bowl of your chili. And I'm like, well, who the hell's chili do you want them to bring you? You don't have to say your chili. Frisch's is going to give you their chili. They're not going to bring you Wendy's chili. You go into Frisch's and say, I want a bowl of Gold yeah. Star chili. Why don't you run down there and get that? First off, if you're in Frisch's order Wendy's chili, you need to have your head examined anyway because Wendy's chili is disgusting. Oh, here now. Here it's now. Still, it's, it, anyway, it's not. It's and who orders chili and freshes anyway? You order vegetable soup. No, you get vegetable soup off the salad bar. And, and Matt's sitting here thinking, "What? Where is my topic <laughs> gone? We've just gone way over this there." Is, this is what we do, Matt. But let me get to my point. So we made fun of each other for our, our ordering habits. But then I noticed something that he would order a, a bowl of chili or where we were, or a bowl of soup, and he would say, "Like I'll take a bowl of." Uh, vegetable soup and eight packs of crackers and I, did, I thought that was the funniest I'm like eight you know exactly how many it takes I mean you know and he's like finally he said well the reason I do that is because if I say I want crackers they bring me one packet skein skein <laughs> if I say I want extra crackers they bring me two three skeins so I tell them I want eight that way okay. I have enough so here's the question if he gets a cup of soup is it only four, four. skeins of crackers? <laughs> well, is a cup exactly half of a bowl? Well, I don't know. I always assume so. It depends on the venue, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. So there's a little tip maybe for our listeners is if you have the same issue that we all have, they're making fun of me, but they've had the same issue. You get one pack of crackers and, and you're pretty pissed off about it. Order. No, I was laughing about you rubbing your arms. You're talking. <laughs> but order an exact number of crackers. And I don't think they can turn you down. I don't think they can say no, sir. You'll have no. You have six packs of crackers, and you'll like. No means no. Yeah, they haven't been able to turn you down for that since the uh, legislation of 1982. <laughs> yes. What was that? What was that? House House Bill 502. H- House Bill, stop being a smart terrier, Todd. <laughs> so anyway. Fiscus, carry on with your. I was supporting you, by the way. I think right. sopping up your soup with the bowl. I appreciate in, that. Yeah. No, no, that was my story because that was the thing that immediately came to my mind. So you don't know, looking, does your dad do that? Was that something your mom did, your brothers? I, I, I don't know where it came from. But like I said, apparently in my mind, I didn't think anything of it. But And you don't think anything of it. Brady, is it, I mean, Matt, is this something that I that was way off the rails? I mean, if you were sitting in a public place and you got down to the end of the soup bowl, would you tip it up? I would go with biting the ends off a Twizzler and using that as a straw. Because <laughs> you just happen to have a, nice. a Twizzler in your pocket. Yeah. Well, you yeah. don't bring Twizzlers to the restaurant with you. 
Good point. Hey, well, uh, whatever Bra- floats Brady's, your Brady's cringing. He's cringing over there. Well, I, I, sh- I should know that than to ask yeah. him anything in regard to <laughs> common food eating practices over here. Well, well, no, not cringing. I, I think I would have done it at home. I probably wouldn't have done it in public, because not for the reason you're thinking, but I'm afraid that I would spill it all over myself. You know, I'd be like, and then end up. You get the dribble bowl. Yeah. And Matt, you're learning. We, we hijack and we go out. Or, you know, but I, if we can take this topic and, and come back to it in a second, but can we just talk food now for a second about this? Because you made me realize that I, my answer was not going to be food-based, but I do have some things now that I've noticed. Um, I was probably 20 years old or older, uh, and I was still – when I ate steak at a restaurant, I ate it with my fingers. Pulled it apart with my fingers. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's a, and then when I remember when I first started cutting the steak properly, uh, you know, it, never, it just felt awkward. I felt like I had you know, two left hands trying to cut the steak. And uh, so now what I do, it, something I'm notorious for when it comes to eating any meats that need to be cut, is I don't use a knife. I use my fork only. Um, so I have... Uh, Going back to steak, I mean, how do you cut steak? Most steak you can't cut with just a fork. Um, I mean, it's called a steak knife. I'm not being like, no. I know exactly I, what you yeah. mean, but um, I'm not saying I won't. If I'm at a Jeff Ruby's or something where I, it's it's you know there's some properness that should be going on. Um, so you're aware of it then? I'm aware of it, but I at least stop using my hands. But I, I at home I never use a steak knife. I, I always use my. But the problem is, is eating with me, you feel the tension on the table of me trying to cut it. <laughs> You know, cut it with a fork. Your Fiji water is about ready yeah, to fall. I see that. So I mean, I, and I guess if I can't cut it with a, a fork, then that's too tough for me. But yeah, I, I just I didn't realize that when you talked about the soup thing. Is I used to get made fun of because I would tear my steak apart and eat it yeah. with my fingers, like a manable. Yeah. So we're both philistines then. <laughs> Brady, can you think of anything that you? Uh... Oh yeah, um, two words, Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was uh, rest his soul. We lost him a few years ago, and. Um, he was my uncle that was very had a very irreverent sense of humor and um, age appropriateness didn't seem to uh, to uh, enter know, his line of thinking enter his line of thinking and um, my best uncle Jimmyism goes back it actually goes back to the RV from the <laughs> Green Atlanta Run story and um, if you've ever tried to urinate standing in the RV it's difficult if the road gets bumpy because, you know, it's like, you know, you kind of end up fire hosing it a little bit because, <laughs> you know, you're going over bumps and everything. And, you know. That's not embellished, Brady. Garden hose. <laughs> and, um, but, no, it, but. Silly after, stroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ah, ah. God, humor. Um, but, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> And well, and, and females can attest to that, too, if they've ever had to clean the bathroom. Yeah, well, and, and that's kind of what happened. It was a rough patch around going to the 1982 World's Fair in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, um, but I, after a particular rough stretch of road, I decided I need some paper towels to, because, like, you know, because it was really bumpy and I kind of went AWOL. Like, and, um... And my uncle Jimmy it was P wall. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. this probably pushes TV fourteen. But he said, "Well, you know what they say: be like Papa, not like Sis. Raise the lid before you 
Say it. Say it. Yas. Yas. So what is that again? Be like Popeye? Be like Papa. Not like Sid. Eat some spinach while I pee. Be like Popeye. Eat your spinach. Pee in the toilet, not up again. Actually, what I came up with is be like Popeye. Eat your spinach. Shut the lid when you're finished. Because that's totally on topic. Be like Popeye, not olive oil. Pee in the toilet. Make sure that carpet's not soiled. There you go. There you yeah. go. Nah, too wordy. Are you going to blow it the Jeep? I got halfway through it and I realized it's too wordy here to get my point too across. Too wordy. I went to the well one too many times. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> that, that, that'll be on the next one. Oh, but in the other one he mentioned, um, I, you know, I just kind of plopped up on the table. You know, I was, he's like, you know what they say? Just wait a minute. Tables for glasses. Chairs are for asses because I sat on the table and um, so whenever Uncle Jimmy said you know what they say <laughs> you, you, you better you knew it was going to get a little blue but um, yeah yeah and uh, and my Aunt Cheryl uh, would teach uh, some pretty what's the word I'm looking for Randy and Rybald jokes Ribald. Ribald. I like that. Yes. Word. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and I can't really tell them on air. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it was pretty shocking because I repeated it not really knowing meaning. <laughs> I have a proposal for a, a future yeah. uh, topic. It would be fun. And typically, we've talked before, we don't really plan much before the. As you can tell, we don't plan much before we. Uh, we record, but it would be fun to have a, an ode to your Uncle Jimmy and to just come up with 20 minutes of new sayings we've come up with. <laughs> you know that, what they say. In that style. Like, you know what they say. <laughs> you know. He who laughs last is the last laugher. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yeah, already. Travis Dotson. So that could be a future topic where we come up with our own Uncle Jimmy isms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't have much to add. I'm going to let you, Matt, I'm going to let you take it away here just a minute. But I would say I, have, I had an uncle, unfortunately. Uh, he, you know, he's passed as well. Um, and, and I don't know that anything that I can say is clean enough to, uh, to um, but, but what I'll say with it to that is, uh, we had a conversation during one of the episodes, uh, Eric, I, I remember it was an episode where we drew cards and it was some, we had a pretty good conversation about our parents. It was, a uh, it was really, it was good later to listen to. And it was one of my favorite conversations we've had that wasn't really funny, but it was just a good, wholesome conversation. And one of the things that we talked about was, is you know, where do we get some of the things, some of our own traits and things. So it kind of touches on what your topic is. And I was saying how, like, you know, my sense of humor is much different than my dad's or my mom's. Uh, but I can safely say that uh, I got a lot of my sense of humor from this uncle that I'm talking about. And that's why it's slightly inappropriate a lot of times, my sense of humor. But one thing I can bring up, again, the poor listeners over there. I've seen some of Brady's drawings, by the way. We can't show, we can't show them to the Bra- listeners. Brady, but. Brady's writing his Randy and Ribold jokes here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, for $10 for subscribers, I'll tell you the joke. I'll text you the joke. <laughs> well, we've talked about having a uh, uh, an adult-only podcast one time for uh, for this type of and thing. And I can't come. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, but my son, I remember it was a few years back, and he asked me what time it was. And without missing a beat, I gave one of my uncle's famous 
half past a monkey's ass, quarter to his balls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which the the physical ca- physicality of that whole statement made never made any sense to no, me. No, but it's funny. It is and, funny. And it I is. said it without. It was like you say something, you want to grab it before you. Like I said it, and <laughs> and my son looks at me and then just loses it laughing. How old was he? When well, he's fifteen now, so I mean, probably twelve or thirteen. It wasn't like he was, you know. So, <laughs> but I just pictured him from there on out. He doesn't say it around me, but I picture it. They don't oh, have, he's told people. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah. I picture him being the hit of, of school because I'm sure Mr. Griffith still goes around. Yeah. <laughs> and then I pictured him like messing it up and like just not saying it right. Like, you know, half past the monkey's ass. Pancreas. <laughs> quarter half past the monkey's butt, quarter till it's nut. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anyway. I think you wonder why would somebody had a monkey on their wrist like that. Like that had to come from someplace. Well, and I think... Let's break this down, Eric. <laughs> you said the positioning of it. Doesn't it depend on how the monkey's standing? I honestly can't believe we're going to break this down, but okay. <laughs> Brady, look at it. Brady's got okay. his arm up. So if the monkey is facing away from me, I have to lift its tail. <laughs> so that would be like... <laughs> By the way... Video, a- video just enhances this so much more. <laughs> that, that is a man that has pulled way too many things out of dog's rear ends. Because you... <laughs> Yeah. And we've heard stories of that, too. Did you notice how perfectly he executed the tail? <laughs> it wasn't awkward. There was no discomfort. He never, like, he never held his nose. He just went right in there and just gingerly. Gingerly. Like a zoologist. <laughs> I was very mindful of its butthole and its testicles. I, I didn't want to hurt it. Okay, so. stop. I need to take a drink. <laughs> And it was a small dog at that because you, you, you your pincers weren't very big. Because it was a smaller tail. If it was like a lemur that had a fluffier tail, like a ring-tailed lemur, it'd be like this. If it were a dozer, then you wouldn't have needed to lift anything. Okay, if, if you want to see the video evidence of this conversation, you need to go need to to subscribe YouTube to our YouTube channel. Per- but but we, we stopped. We stopped you, Brady. So, you, so if the monkey is positioned a certain way, could it be... Half past the monkey's anus, quarter to his testicles. It was facing me. Yeah, I don't know how that would tell time. But you know, it, it, it's just a. The, well, if you had a pet monkey that was that was sitting on your watch face, the spacing in animals is a little tighter, I believe. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> No, wow. You never expected this, did you, man? I heard about that movie once. You're correct. I, I, did, not, I did not expect no, to hear no, it. No, it isn't. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. That's That one's got to go in a shirt. The spacing on animals is a little... What was you tighter. A little tighter. A little tighter. Uh. Anyway, but... Just to end that, there's no time, right? So if I say that, if that's the saying that I give, there was actually not a time. It's just, it means like I don't want to tell you, or I don't know, or go do something else. Maybe I, I think not. it means I don't know. Yeah, maybe the monkey's tail or genitalia is obscuring the watch, <laughs> so you can't say it, so it's somewhere in there, he just doesn't know what it is. Well, see, <laughs> I never took it that way. Uh, oh, how did you take it then? I did. 
again, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a measure of the physicality of the spacing of the things in question. Yeah, not I an think, actual physical monkey. No, on not a rest. physical monkey sitting on top of my watch here. Okay, it would have made more sense had it said, "Well, it's spot on the monkey's bones." <laughs> Unless you had the mis- I mean, in this case, if you had a female monkey, it would change the whole analogy. True. I don't know. Not I, 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 I thought, I thought the assumption that. of the saying was the monkey was a male. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be. Well, a- assumption. Yeah. We should stop right there. <laughs> we should, yeah. We should have stopped about <laughs> five minutes ago. ago. All right, Matt. The rest of the time, buddy, uh, take it home. This yeah. is your time. The last minute and a half oh, is yours. <laughs> All right. So don't worry about that time. Uh, I actually have a, a two where one is something that was uh, taught to me by my dad, one where I learned something myself, and then uh, if I have enough uh, seconds left at the end, I'm going to tell you something uh, inappropriate that I taught my daughter. Okay. So, um, starting off, um, when I was a young teenager, my dad taught me how to properly pour a beer into a thermos while he's driving the car so that he could uh, drink and drive discreetly. Well, um, that's amazing. I, yes, yes. So, uh, and so I was is this able to pour beer in a moving car without uh, creating too much head in the thermos? Nice. Yeah, uh, is, is this is this a uh, something you've used along the way? No. Okay. Thank no, you. but it did help me learn how to how to, how to pour our sodas and things like that without uh, without uh, getting too well much or pour a beer when you're not driving. Well, yeah, without too much head on it. Yeah. But the, the great thing about that is is. Didn't all of our dads have a thermos when we were growing up? <laughs> a man owned a thermos. Oh, I don't have a thermos. I don't have a thermos. I mean, I have lots of those cu- those cups that can well, keep things, but I don't have a, th- a thermos. Come to think of it, you don't see those much anymore the in the in the lunchroom. Too many thermi. Do you remember what color it was? Uh, it was off white. Off white. Yeah, like a cream color. Almost like the color of this room, just mm-hmm. a little bit more eggshell. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, one thing I learned myself was when I was uh, about nine years old, uh, we were over at my second cousin's house, and the uh, adult men would hang out in the basement, and they would send me upstairs to pour them a beer. Okay? <laughs> and I learned pretty quickly that not the entire beer would fit in those red solo cups, so I'd, I would finish up what was left in the can and bring them their red solo cup of beer. So I ended up getting kind of hammered when I was nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> that's just pragmatic. That's just good sense. I mean, yeah, that's, you had a taste test, right? Those are great deducting skills. Um, that's impressive. Yeah, okay. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, because they probably would have been angry if you wasted it and dumped it. You know what I mean? Like dumped it in the sink or something. So you actually wrote Red Solo Cup, didn't you? <laughs> Walking up the steps, Red Solo Cup. <laughs> and then uh, finally, I both of your stories have to do with beer, though. Well, this last one doesn't. Okay. okay. Nothing wrong with that. So uh, yeah. Uh, so when we lived in Saint Bernard, and my uh, daughter was in second grade, um, I would oftentimes have my mom go pick her up from school. Well, I came home from work, and then she's like, oh, your daughter got in trouble today. I'm like, okay, um, what happened? Uh, she's like, well, she used the B word at school, you know. Kind of not like calling somebody that, but kind of like, crap, you know. Like she kind of messed up. And, and I'm like, the first thing I said was, Lily, you can't use those words at school in front of your grandma, your mom, or a church. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother's like, Max, 
I'm like, oh, or I guess her at all. Whatever. <laughs> or what, it's whatevs. I mean, you know. What, and then she was, was and then she was uh, telling me about how there was this girl that was picking on her. And I'm like, well, that would have been the appropriate time to use the word. <laughs> so she used it out of context, is what you're saying. Yeah. So okay. I'm like, you know, learn it. if you're going to say it, say it right. See, and and I will speak as an elementary principal here. First of all. When a kid says, so-and-so said the B word, a lot of times it's not the first B word that comes to your mind. So this is the one that rhymes with itch. Okay. okay. You're thinking the worst probably most of the right. time, and then yeah. it's like, they said butt. Yeah, they said yeah. butthole. <laughs> butthole. So, so. <laughs> I thought, that was me mocking yeah. you the way yeah. you said it. Right. <laughs> so. Face scrunched. Butthole. So there's that. And then there's... You really get concerned as an elementary principal when you have kids who, first of all, say the word that you're thinking first, mm-hmm. and secondly, they use it in context. That, <laughs> that's the ones you really are concerned about. Yeah. And usually it's not the case, and when you do get that case, it's like, ooh, not well, good. And I'm sure that you are no stranger to um, finding things written in, in bathrooms. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's... It, the spelling is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the advice is practical. But the advice is practical. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not get my top. Very well put. But also, it's one of those things where I've seen stuff in bathrooms before at the school, you know, and, and knowing the age that they were probably written. You're almost proud of their of their of their skills of sounding it out and spelling well, it correctly. Yeah. You're, you're using an, it in a complete sentence. Yeah, you're an English language arts teacher, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it would be a source of pride for you. Serpal indeed. <laughs> uh, Inside joke. Yeah. Yeah. Good topic, Max. Yes. Uh, we, sorry, we went uh, veered away. That's what I do. But um, you know, I uh, I think we all probably, to be honest with you, that's one of those topics where we probably, if it were unrated we probably could have oh, gone a lot yeah. more um, <laughs> just real quick before we wrap it up I frustrated one of my students so bad because he, he didn't want to say the words like they said the F word I'm like you gotta be kidding it's like I was like yeah cause fish I, I, I don't like fish either I don't like like well no 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 no. Well, and then I went through about 20 different F words flags oh man this and I, and I was sold it totally serious and finally he just Turn around and walk off. Same <laughs> you accomplished. Yeah. You, you wore him down. I wore him down. <laughs> Thank you for the topic. Oh, you're welcome. I knew it was. Uh, uh, well, was going to be again, again, we kind of hijacked it and went. Uh, you did not anticipate that, I know. But uh, as Todd said, that's what we do here. I am going to take us home here, and we are going to play another game of Misery Index. Take, take me home. Can you remember? Okay, so... Well, I'm pretty miserable now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, We actually have a singer with us now, so we can yeah. have him do the singing rather than Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Probably would appreciate that much more, our <laughs> listeners would. Okay, so I'm going to show this here. Misery Index is the game. And uh, we, we played this on here before. And it's it's a neat little thing. It's actually a game show also on some network. I can't remember which one. But... Uh, there are three parts to this board game. We're only going to do one part here. And uh, it is Margin of Misery is the, is the, is the call here. <clears throat> so the way the game is played, I'm going to pick a card out of the stack here. And 
All of you have uh, writing utensils in front of you, and uh, you can write down the number. The object here is I'm going to give you the misery, which is the, the topic yeah, or whatever you want to call it, and you are going to assign it a number, and the misery index goes from 0 to 100, and the closer you get to 100, the more miserable the thing is so something really really awful miserable the worst miserable thing you can think of would be scored 100 so the object here is to get within 10 of the actual card so the, the answer is kind of like a survey says they've done the leg right and put the survey says right number one answer number one answer okay so like i said i'll give you the situation you assign it a number object for you is to get within 10 okay range of 10 so, I'm going to put that one away. We've already done that one. I don't yeah. know if you remember the number, but... Uh, no, okay. probably not. Okay. okay. <laughs> this would be a particular bad thing for podcasters. So, the situation is, you go mute. You go mute. Now, are we going to say these out loud, or...? Yeah. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get right down the line here. Okay. Now, I, if I remember this game last time, I think I asked this as well. Um, we, we get no context as to who this would be miserable for, no. right? No, just us. No. I guess we're answering as ourselves. You're, uh, I guess you're answering as best as you can in your own thought process. You want me to start? I've got an answer down. You can put yes. it way down. Yes, Brady, you get to go first. You go mute. I said 65. 65 is Brady's answer. Matt? Uh, Well, for me, this would be extraordinarily miserable. So I went high with a 90. 90. Okay. Todd? I went uh, somewhere in between with a 75. 75. The card says the misery index for you go mute is 95.5. Matt, on the board. And the winner... It's a can of <laughs> It's the Vienna sausages. America's Street. favorite. From a European capital. <laughs> it's America's favorite and only mini sausages in a can. With gelatinous yeah. gloop on top of them. And we're, we're all working hard to get that prize. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, next situation. Uh, along the same lines here. And I did shuffle these cards, so interestingly enough. Uh, the situation is you go deaf. You go deaf. Remember, the object of the game is to get within a range of 10 of what's on the card. So, I'm going to start with Matt this time. Matt? Okay, I'm going to do like a school kid who doesn't know the real answers and just go CCCC down the board and answer with another 90. Okay, 90 is the answer. Todd? I went... um with a very specific 83. 83. Brady. I just went with 80. 80. Okay. It's going to be tough going here. <laughs> it is. Uh, you go deaf. Misery Index says 96. Matt again. So mute is less miserable than deaf. If Roof comes up next, I'm going to be... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Matt, up two to nothing to nothing. Running away with it. Well, I think that I think my luck's probably going to run out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next situation. I can, wait, I can wait you out. 
<laughs> and then this ties into a conversation we had uh, prior to recording here. Shark attack. Oh. Well, you know what I think about well, sharks. <laughs> I, I do know what you think about sharks, but here's specifically shark attack. Lose one arm and one leg. One arm and one leg. It'd be a skilled shark to get like your left arm but your right leg. It would. It's a surgical shark. A nurse shark. (laughs) 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 Todd. I went, um, you know, Brady always makes fun of me because of my fear of sharks and uh, my claim that they are inhuman, which I stand by to this day. They are inhuman. Uh, 100, because I can think of nothing worse than getting attacked by a shark, even if they didn't take anything off my person. I, I like your pants. Like my, no, but I, okay. Losing your arm and leg would be bad enough, no matter how. That's that's awful. But losing your arm and leg to a shark magnifies, multiplies, amplifies, infinitely it. worse. Yes. So I went one hundred. One hundred. Brady. I said ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Matt. I said ninety-two. Ninety-two. Ninety-six point five is the number. No, every, everyone gets cl- oh, everyone, okay, everyone okay. gets point. Oh, okay, okay. Everyone I gets see, point. Ooh. So Brady one, Matt three, Todd one. Oh, I are you keeping track of points? I'm keeping track. I'll stop then. I was keeping are track. You, uh, okay, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing a very good job because I didn't realize that everybody got a point. Everyone got a point. Yes. Okay. If you get within the ten range, you get a point. Gotcha. All right. Next situation. Gored by a bull. Gored by a bull. I'm assuming he doesn't bring you a gourd and give it to you and smile and say, here you go, enjoy this gourd. No. This has nothing to do with things that can be grown. It has to be to do with a horn to the growing. Have you noticed that all of these so far have been high? They have been high. Yeah. Not much wiggle room. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, One second. Um... I got it. Okay, Brady. I said 85. 85. Matt? I also wrote down 85. 85. Todd? Uh, 88. 88. Misery Index. You, you all think it's less miserable than the Misery Index does. 90.5, so everyone gets a point. Yes. I mean, after following the shark, now had the gore into the bull came first, I might have answered a little bit higher. but. Yeah. See, I would rather fight a bull all day long over a shark. All right, so Brady 2, Matt 4, Todd 2. Okay, so here's something we can all relate to. Situation is your first gray hair. I have no gray hair, sir. No. I have have white hairs. (laughs) Yeah, right. First first gray hair. You know, uh... guys all go salt and pepper as you get older. I go cinnamon and sugar. <laughs> I was going to say, I go Mrs. Dash. <laughs> Alright, your first gray hair. First gray hair. Matt? I went quite low on this one. I went 40. 40. Todd? You didn't have much of a choice, did you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's white from here on down. <laughs> Um. <laughs> and, and again, 
But we are we are on video. We don't need to see how far down that goes. Like he's got Steve Martin in the lane. I know you want to. Um, <laughs> the luscious V. <laughs> oh, you, you just slid that right through there, didn't you? He's got the double Willie Nelson beard going. Oh. <laughs> I'm going it is up. always on my mind now. Uh, 35. 35. Brady. I said 55. 55. Wow. The Misery Index doesn't think much of this. The Misery Index says 6.5. Wow. 6.5. Nobody can point you <laughs> Apparently we are uh, wimps. Uh, I guess. That is pointless, like me trying to explain women. No points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brady said that. I didn't. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I can't explain. Like, I'm saying I... I don't, don't take it out and play it by ear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, opinions spouted by one host or that host's opinions only. I knew what he meant. He was yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. He was saying he might want to pick a different one. Mysterious way. Saw it. <laughs> oh, you he saw it? Yeah, I accidentally saw oh, it. You were saying it. You were saying in a complex, yes. uh, appreciative. Yes. Um, yes. I know All right. Mean. Yeah, I, I see you backtracking. Don't fall as you backtrack. That's <laughs> fine. All right. So next situation. Massive zit. On your nose. Now, one word could have changed this entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, but uh, nose nose is the word. I'm assuming the word is nose. I made. I don't know what the word is you're thinking of. (laughs) I'll bear. I'll tell you what I thought. I'm going to be honest with you. That was the one time where I was not thinking dirty. You guys were thinking dirty. I was just going to say, if it said a massive zit in your nose. Oh. I, got you. I got you. I got you. You guys can write down later, tell me later what you were thinking. Yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean? You've had a zit in your nose before. <laughs> massive zit on yeah. your nose. I was going to say, could you repeat that? Well, massive zit on your nose. On your nose. Uh, you know. Now I, I bring it. Now I, I will qualify this in saying at certain points in your life is probably yeah, more of a massive true. misery index thing than we're maybe probably, now. We're probably too old to really give this. Yeah. Game. Okay, Todd. I said fifteen. Fifteen, Brady. Ten. Ten. I also Matt, said ten. Ten. Seven point five. Oh, is the number. So, so every, right. everyone gets a point. Now Points again, had that said in the nose, mine would have gone up at least twenty five percent. Indeed. Those are painful. Yeah. All right. So Brady three, Matt five, Todd three. <laughs> Again, we're passing notes here. I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to say. All right. Next situation. New tires, and you hit a nail. With the tire, I'm assuming. With the tire, yes. Like a toenail? Yeah. <laughs> a nail that would puncture your tire. It could be a toenail. We've gotten into slap happy mode. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's only 8 o'clock. That's right. Um, uh, New tires hit a nail. Brady. Uh, I put 90. Are you? Nine, 90. Wow. Yeah, I've had it happen. Yeah. Me too, but 15. Matt, sorry, I I went with uh, I went with twenty. I mean, you can do pretty easy fix. Twenty, twenty, and Todd says fifteen. 
And the misery index says 9.5. Oh, Todd with the only point. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Missed it by half a time. Yeah. I didn't want to do math there. I was getting ready to, and I just dropped out. You <laughs> <laughs> missed it by point five. Yeah. All right. Brady, can can we get a little explanation on why? Yeah, um, my very first new car, my Pontiac Sunfire GT, they had low profile like uh, performance tires, and um, about three weeks after I had my car, I ran it, and the replacement was quite. Price even by nineteen ninety five standards. But but you would think about this though. I get the annoyance of that, and, and but you would put that up there with a shark attack, losing your arm and leg to a shark. Tire was kind of like my leg. <laughs> it got me around. Not kidding. And the nail was like the, the shark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. Very a hammerhead. <laughs> very oh, they inhuman. just missed that. <laughs> very, very inhuman. Yes. A okay. Nail was inhuman. Did you hear what I said? Oh, uh, what'd you say? It was. It must have been a hammerhead. Oh, man. nice. <laughs> All right, next situation. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone has experienced this. Mom drunkenly <laughs> complains about her sex life. <laughs> Mom drunkenly complains about her sex life. <laughs> I pass. Can you pass? Uh, no, you can't pass. <laughs> okay, so okay, I'll explain my answer when I get to it. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt. I went with 87. <laughs> 87. Todd? Um, don't I feel dumb? I went with 47. 47? <laughs> 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 I don't know why I haven't seen your mom. <laughs> Brady. 99. <laughs> so you'd rather lose your arm and leg to a shark? Yes, yes I would. <laughs> yes. Too bad you couldn't lose your ears to the shark. Yeah. Uh, you know... Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Well, the misery index says 12.5. Oh, my God. See, here's what I'm thinking. This also varies when you would hear it. When you're a kid, teenager, early 20s, not that it's ever pleasant, but once you're older... (laughs) Mr. 47. Once you're older and you realize that, hey, it's okay that they lived life and experienced things, too, and now granted, what would be worse, I'm I'm guessing it happened at least once. Once. What would be worse, though? The drunken part? <laughs> yeah. Like, if so if she were sober yeah, that, complaining, that, would that, that make it better? Yeah, there, there are many, yeah, there are many so. levels to that whole situation. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I think with the, you know, There's several levels levels of probably give more imagery. I can see that. Your, yeah. 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 A little more detail than what you need when you're, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. What, what, what is the basis of the complaint? That, that would make it infinitely worse, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, that probably would be a hard one to gauge. Okay. Well, and it would also depend. <laughs> oh, no. it, it would depend on who the complaint was about. <laughs> Fair. If it's, if it's dad. <laughs> if it's not dad. If it's mailman. <laughs> or, the, or the stop, stop. Or the milkman if it's I, the fifties. Hey. I was gonna say we always joked it was the, the milkman. Milk yeah. I never understood that because nobody ever brought us milk. <laughs> 
I mean, mm. not even the Schwann man. So say this this can go horribly off the rails more so than it already has. Next card. Next card. <laughs> Matt, are you aware of the Schwann man? No. All right. Okay. You should listen to some previous so, episodes. So again, on the uh, on on the theme of losing body parts, <clears throat> and in honor of the Fourth of July that just happened, accidentally. Of course, this is dynamite. Accidentally light some dynamite and lose three fingers. Does it say left hand or right hand? And, and there, there is no qualification on the fingers. Light some dynamite, accidentally lose three fingers. Now, again, why you're lighting dynamite? Don't know. I'm trying to catch a road runner. Could be. Could be wild E. <laughs> euphemism? <laughs> So the other night I was trying to catch a road runner. <laughs> right after I tried to catch a grungy. <laughs> Put the anvil to that road runner. So I had too much spicy food and I'm trying to catch a road runner. <laughs> That's why you the got the tums. Right? Got the tums, right? Okay. Uh, accidentally light some dynamite and lose three fingers. Todd. 40. 40. Brady. I'm a guitar player, sort of. 85. 85. Matt? I never thought about that. Uh, yeah, I went with 75. 75. 81. Ooh. 81. I get both showcases. <laughs> Brady and Matt with the points. Nice. So Brady, four. Matt, six. Todd, four. In the game. In the game. All right. Again, I think that card is. Total Amnesia. Great band name. Yeah. Total Amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Brady? I forgot my answer. Look at <laughs> no, I said 80. 80. <laughs> you hear me? I'm like, well, look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? 10. 10. <laughs> you really want to forget your life, huh? Hey, all the important stuff can be, uh, you know, they can reteach me. Amazingly enough, I've been on stage with you where I thought you had total amnesia before. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been on stage together. Why? Why? 85. 85. I, but I think this, there's some context needed for this. Yeah. Answer. Mm -hmm. Misery Index says 97. Oh, my. Wow. In my eyes, I'm not by that much. <laughs> What'd you say? I said 80. 80. No Just points. Just a bit outside. No points for anybody. What, what was it? 97. Uh, I was 12. 12. <laughs> All right. Down to a minute. Minute to win it. Ingrown toenail. Ingrown toenail. Okay. Matt? Well, I've had one, so I'm just going to say 20. 20. Todd? Hmm. I've never had one. And I like to think it's because I, I don't clip my toenails too short. I've always heard if you clip your toenails too short, 
uh, you get ingrown toenails. Um, Thanks for that practical tip. 58. I mean, I'm no Rip Van Winkle. My toenails aren't... <laughs> you want the heck out of a tree. But, but, is, but, is Rip Van Winkle known for his long toenails? He, would, he is now. He would certainly be what he, if he slept for... Whatever. How many years? Uh, 20 years. 20 years. Uh, 58. 58. Brady. I said 45. 45. Matt saved by the point five. Ten point five the is the mini the misery index. The ingrown toenail is not as bad as the removal. That that upped it up, you know. You had your toenail removed? Yeah, it wasn't ingrown, but just having a toenail removed. Did you keep it? No. Did you put it in a jar? <laughs> no. Toenail in a jar. Now I have my have my thumbnail removed. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I, I cut myself. I'm not going to say how or why, but I cut myself. Did it have to do the, with thermoses the and beer? And they had to give me nine stitches, three of which were where the thumbnail was. So they had to, they pulled the thumbnail completely off. Of course, they numbed it first, but then I had to stay. Um, I had to stay there uh, basically overnight. Um, just for nine stitches because I used the wrong stuff in my thumb and it was uh, causing a huge amount of swelling. They, they thought I was uh, possibly going to lose my thumb. What, what do you mean the, the wrong stuff? Like they used... They, well, you, you, you can't... Uh, the, the stuff you used to numb... Um, numb thumbs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thumb numb. Uh, some, some of those things you can't use in smaller appendages mm -hmm. like fingers and thumbs because of the amount of swelling it causes. So Gotcha. Um, not myself, but... I think my wife will mind me telling this, but she, um, you're lucky that you... You'll find have, out if she minds. You're lucky that you have it. I noticed, I mean, you have a, that's a beautiful thumbnail you got there. I would have never, <laughs> I would have never been able to tell that anything have, ever was amiss. And, and we know from past episodes when Todd lets German men shine his, his nails, right. he, he's very appreciative of good looking nails. Uh, but, uh, when, oh, when my wife was a kid... <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with the sausage again. I don't know why, uh... Um, it is but, one of the other. No, when she was born, she was born several, several, she was tiny. She went at two pounds. Um, long story short, there was an accident. She was a preemie. So she was like well behind everybody else, size-wise up through many grades. I think it was kindergarten. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, didn't know I think kindergarten, um, it was kindergarten, first grade, something like that. She had her hand on a desk and another kid, a uh, more normal size kid, I would, I would say, sat on it and it Ooh. popped her nail off. Ooh. And uh, to this day, she doesn't have a nail on her. Uh, well, it's a. I mean, it's there's nail material there, but it doesn't grow into a nail. Um, so that's why when you said you lost your nail, I looked for something that looked oh, like yeah. his nail. But yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's all is that, real. Is that, the, uh, is that how you test the nail? Yes. Uh, that's how you prove you actually do it have in the microphone, so the listeners can hear it. Though, Matt, you got to flick yeah, it. Yeah. In. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is how you prove that you actually have a thumbnail. Gotcha. I didn't know that. Sound like a snapping Proof finger. Proof of <laughs> All right. So Matt, appropriate for the guest host to win the misery index and the grand prize of the armoire, <laughs> Vienna sausages. We need we need them to sponsor us. That's a, America's favorite. Matt, that's nightmare. Vienna's calling. <laughs> According to Falco. That's a ninety-nine cent can of wieners there, Matt. <laughs> So that's a heck of a prize for you, buddy. And, it, and here's the thing. The second ingredient, uh, the first ingredient is sausage. So they're legit. That's good. Um, the, <laughs> the second ingredient, mechanically separated chicken. 
Well, that's the only way I eat chicken. <laughs> True. The deterioration of the chicken family unit can be <laughs> put on. <laughs> yeah. So, Todd, you don't mechanically separate your steak. You do that with that's your right. fingers, right? <laughs> so if you're attacked by a chicken, that's what you need. <laughs> that would have worked for that question about the um, how many chickens would it take to, or what was the one about the elephant? <laughs> Uh, what is it? How many malices would it take? No, it was chickens. Because you said malices. you had one of the greatest uh, unplanned jokes ever there with that. We, oh, it was, that wasn't a joke. That was some deep thought. <laughs> no. Okay, Jack Handy. It was your, your thought out about that. Oh, yeah, my answer. One yeah. chicken was, it was either, okay, with a question. Maybe 500 was, or one. 500 chickens or one, yeah. And to you, kill an elephant. To kill an elephant. Yeah. And, uh, but it was your punchline when you said that the elephant fell over the cliff. Right. And said, what the cluck? That was the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember your own jokes, man. Oh. 97 for the total amnesia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> explain why I forgot the, that last the punchline. All line. right. Uh, thank everyone for joining us. Uh, thanks to our guest host and the voice of the Play It By Ear podcast, podcast, whatever you like to call us, Matt Vaughn. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for having me. Matt, can you give us some of that beautiful, buttery voice of yours? Yes, dulcet oh, yeah. tones. Oh. Thank you for having me. And we appreciate each and every one of you for watching and or listening. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> we do appreciate it. There it is. All for it. Consider my bread buttered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, I don't even want to go into it. I'm afraid I do, but I'll have to explain <laughs> off air. There's a lot we have to explain off air. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, the usual uh, goodbyes. Uh, you can find us on our home website, anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. You can find us on our YouTube channel. Please go become a subscriber because who doesn't want to see these faces, yeah. right? And our uh, can of uh, Vienna Snousages over there. Next time we'll have... It'll have a friend. Yes. Possibly some treat. Yeah. <laughs> or some spam. Yes, we, we're taking your suggestions. How do we decorate our, our area here? Maybe uh, for a box the, of Petite Debris. Uh, maybe. <laughs> could maybe be. Uh, a Boston Shake. Brady? Or an unkept Jose. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Please come to YouTube for the milkshake. Thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, you can give us your suggestions on Facebook. Uh, you can find us there, search us out, Play It By Ear Podcast. You can give us suggestions on Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod number two. You can email us at Play It By Ear Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. And you can find our audio podcast anywhere you can find podcasts uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, among others. So with that, we bid you farewell here on episode 22 on the Play By Your Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Your Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Your Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast thanks again and join us next time as we play it by ear